We have good news and a special guest all rolled up into one. Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our My Talk Neighborhood Rebuilding Fund, uh, we had an original goal of 40000 uh, We uh, We beat that quickly, like four days. So then yep. B. Arthur went down with her cauldron, her brimstone, her bag of, her bag of nuts, uh, her oh, Texas yeah. Instruments uh, calculator, and came up with $80,000 for the new goal. Well, guys, it is Wednesday. We still have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And... <laughs> We are now two hundred dollars away from seventy thousand dollars. So before, wow. so before we introduce this next guest, I really need someone to donate two hundred dollars so we can just crack the seventy thousand dollar egg. And we can tell her that would be so fun to do that live, live. while she's on with us. That's <gasps> right. So please, somebody, make that happen. How do people donate, Lex? MyTalk1071.com. Click on Neighborhood Rebuilding Fund, or you can use MyTalk keyword neighbor, and that will take you to the GoFundMe page, which, of course, is fast, convenient, secure, and you donate there $5. It all adds up even, you know? Yep. Keep it going. And it all adds up for the Neighborhood Development Center. And speaking of the NDC, NDC, she is the Chief Development and Communications Officer for the Neighborhood Development Center. Welcome to the show, Elisa Pluhar. Hello, Elisa. Elisa? Yes, I'm here. There you are. Elisa... (laughs) Alisa, for people that maybe have missed a couple days of the broadcast, maybe a couple days of the other shows here on my talk, and they're not familiar, we've talked about you guys a lot, um, but but sometimes you're just glancing mentions. Can you give another overview of exactly what the NDC does? Absolutely. I'd be honored to do that. Um, So the Neighborhood Development Center, uh, we are a community economic development nonprofit. We are also a CDFI, which is a Community Development Financial Institution, um, which basically means we get to do loans that banks cannot do. So we do high-risk lending. Specifically, we focus our efforts in the eight lowest-income neighborhoods in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And we provide uh, four main programs. Our first program is our entrepreneur training. So we help folks write a business plan to start their own business. Um, We do small business lending, and then we provide something that is called technical assistance or business services, and that can be anything from, you know, marketing and branding. Maybe you need a logo created for your business. Um, It could be accounting and bookkeeping, general management. Um, We'll assist and set folks up with that assistance. Um, And then our fourth um, program is our real estate and our incubators. So we have a number of incubators across both Minneapolis and St. Paul. The most known is the Midtown Global Market right on Lake Street. Um, And so those provide opportunities for folks to start their business and stay in those locations or to outgrow those locations. Wow. That's so encompassing. I'm sure that all of the business owners it's not like you just say okay good luck here's you know one class and see you later bye you do a great job of continued support that's correct yeah we really consider our services wraparound we consider them very high touch um it obviously looks a little different in this covid world um you know we're very we're used to like working really side by side our business owners it looks a little different in in this covid world but we continue to provide really high touch services and really all we're doing is providing folks with access to opportunity and just empowering them um, so that they can get their business up and running and and then they go forth and they are 
the contributors to our communities. Um, they're the role models in our communities, um, and they're the ones who are really impacting their own neighborhoods. You know, we really strongly believe that our low-income neighborhoods already have talent and drive and you know, folks are already doing what they have to do to survive. So all we're doing is providing a platform for access. And Elisa, the night that everything, the riots erupted and you saw the fires and you saw these businesses being destroyed, what happened? What did you guys do? Were you making phone calls right away? Was it the next morning? Tell us a little bit about how you felt. Yeah, we were on the ground immediately. Um, So everything from phone calls to... uh, You know, our CEO literally being on the ground on Lake Street talking to business owners. We were trying, um, like a lot of other groups, we were just really trying to assess the damage um, and figure out sort of what what did folks need in the immediate aftermath and now what are they going to need kind of long term to, in fact, rebuild. Um, And some of that assessment is still going on today. Um, You know, we're in constant touch with our business owners and with other groups that are on the ground as well. And everybody's just trying to figure out the best way to make sure that we can serve all of these businesses. Yeah, that's great. Alisa, I never, I don't like to use the word normal, but let's say, uh, let's say in a time when we're not dealing uh, with a a global pandemic and we are not uh, coming to terms with racial injustice, what is so that's why I don't want to use the word normal, but in any given month with the NDC, I'm curious, what what are some of the roadblocks, the main roadblocks and obstacles that you guys find entrepreneurs have? Um, that's a great question, Jason. And, you know, it's funny. Um you're right. The same normal just doesn't. Yeah. Quite but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, at our core, so much of what NDC does is really around equity. So racial justice has always been at the top Um, for us. uh, You know, we we work with folks where the system, there's a lot of systems um, in this country that just don't work for communities of color, which is one of the reasons why we exist. Um, And so, you know, one of the biggest can I stop, Elisa? Elisa, can I stop you right there and dive a little, dive into that? Because I think, I think right there, I think some people, um, maybe not turn off, but is a little bit of just noise, and that they, they don't understand, or they they maybe don't believe when you say that there are just systems in place that may that that work against people of color. Can you give an example or what what do you mean to, to, to try to drive that point home? Because I think for a lot of folks, they they think the system works evenly for everyone. And and, and we're really a lot of folks are realizing it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think um, the biggest one that we see for our folks all the time is the banking industry. Um, it is. It's an industry. It's it's very much um, a, a white institution that doesn't work for a lot of our communities. Um, there could be a lack of uh, intergenerational wealth. There can be a lot of things that contribute to why folks just aren't, um, you know, using traditional banks the way that maybe we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there and there's a distrust of institutions as well. And so when you combine those things, it can make it really challenging for folks who may already be low income. Um, They, you know, are coming 
you know, from a racial inequity. And so the, your ability to go to a bank and get a bank loan to start your business is mm-hmm. really, really limited. Yep. Um, you know, there's also, you know, it's challenging to be a startup restaurant and get a loan no matter who you are. Yep. Um, restaurants are considered really, really high risk. Um, and so if you look at our immigrant communities, um, you know, one of the most natural things is to provide food, right? It's the food of your community. It's the food of where you come from. Um, you want to introduce people to your food. And so restaurants are a really natural uh, business option for our immigrant communities. But again, restaurants are considered so high risk that it's, you, it's very challenging to walk into a bank and get that loan. And so really, you know, that's where NBC is there saying, hey, come work with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we can do loans. We do something called character-based lending. So, um, you know, a bank very much is going to look at your credit score. We certainly will look at your credit score, but we also look at your character. And so, um, you know, if you've gone through our training class, you know, we know a lot about you. You've worked with us for a time. Um, we know your work ethic and uh, the, you know, how solid is your business plan and how committed. Um, and so we really use that more than anything. And we also look at community impact. Is this business going to create jobs in a community that desperately needs jobs? Right. Um, is it providing a safe space in the community? Um, and so we, that's where our character-based lending comes into play. Well, I'm so glad that you shined a spotlight on this because it's not in, not coming from a judgmental place. I, I think we're all, so many of us are learning a lot of things and it's not, absolutely, yeah, and it's not, it's not wrong to say, oh, I didn't know that. I, I think it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, we need actually. to normalize that. Yeah. That's and, what we need to normalize. Like, oh, I've learned something. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. And I changed my mind. Yeah. It's okay to come from a place of not knowing. And that's why I, I didn't know. Alisa, I didn't know all of the, you know, again, that's why I love that quote of about racism not being just a conscious act. It's it's sometimes yeah. it baked into the system and it's OK not to know that. So that's why. Thank you for shining a light on some of the layers of this. So people understand why an organization like the Neighborhood Development Center is so vital. And and I know you'll take this correctly. It's sad sometimes that we need to do these exit ramps and these 694s around the system. But thank goodness you're there to do it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for, you know, your commitment to the work we're doing um, and all the money you've helped raise. We're just thrilled with it. We can't wait to get this money back out on the streets and to our business owners. Well, we can't wait to give it to you. Alisa, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.